Well, it looks like they might finally be finished in the Iowa caucus, but probably not really. No one's really sure. Uh, Bernie Sanders looks like he's come in second place uh, behind Pete Buttigieg by maybe a tenth of a point, though the Democrat Party, the DNC, wants Iowa to count again. Iowa agreed they would count again if uh, one of the Democratic candidates asked for it. He is way ahead in New Hampshire on the eve of the New Hampshire caucus. And if he wins the New Hampshire caucus and does as well as he did in the Iowa caucus, and he goes in and he wins in Nevada, this is over. And for the first time, we're going to have a legitimate communist, and he can call himself a democratic socialist all he wants. We have a full communist as the democratic presidential candidate. And yeah, the DNC is panicking about it, but they just can't seem to cheat their way through it. But more so, this is a very scary predicament. Let's talk about it. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I have a lot to say today. Uh, as a matter of fact, this this is probably looking at my script here. This is probably going to take us two separate uh, days because I can't go over a half hour. I promised Dave I wouldn't, and I'm not going to. But we are in a really, really scary time that we're going to have a communist actually running for president on the Democratic side. Uh, Bernie, and let me be honest with you. Bernie Sanders is probably not going to win, but it doesn't matter. Once you open the floodgates to socialism, or in Bernie's case, communism, um, it's only a matter of time before that political, it probably won't be Bernie, but when that political world comes into play. So it's it's really kind of scary. And he seems to be supported by people that are young, young and stupid. And we're going we're gonna to hear it from a couple of those people, probably tomorrow, not today. You know, Bernie is crazy. He's crazy. He's a worthless, commu- crazy, worthless communist. He has done, in his 30 years, he has done absolutely nothing because his belief system is so far left that no one, including a lot of the presidential candidates today, can embrace or can accept. I mean, this is a guy who actually got kicked out of a commune back in the 70s. Because he didn't do carry his fair share of work. I mean, this is this is the kind of guy he actually is. But it's not his work ethic that's the problem. It's his ideas. His ideas are absolutely horrifying. He was he has always wanted to nationalize institutions, the institutions of the United States, such as the healthcare, energy, and education. He has said that he's never backed away from that stuff. Anytime someone asks him about this, he sits back and he says, you know, that was 30 years ago. Yeah, but then why don't you go back on it? Why don't you just say, I didn't mean what I said 30 years ago? Uh, I would assume, I, I would think it's not crazy to assume that Bernie is actually going to want to uh, nationalize everything. Uh, we're talking health care media, um, media, education, the banking system, the economic system. I mean, let's face it, he says it all of the time, that 
He's always screaming at Wall Street. There's nothing he'd like to do than get his hand on that. And it's no secret that he hates capitalism and celebrates uh, socialist countries like the Soviet Union, uh, Cuba, and North Korea. These were and are horrid countries who, of course, caused the deaths of tens, if not hundreds of millions of people and left those country, left those people destitute. Uh, but Bertie doesn't think that, it doesn't think that. Um, he talks about the blessings of breadlines in Cuba and how the breadline shows that Cuba and communism are actually good for the world and good for its people. Listen to this. You know, it's funny, sometimes American journalists talk about how bad a country is because people are lining up for food. That's a good thing. In other countries, people don't line up for food. The rich get the food and the poor starve to death. I don't even know what to say with that idiotic statement. What he doesn't understand is the rich get the food taken from them, the poor get some food, they're still starving to death, and the rich are then starving to death. And then when they can't produce anything, the whole country starves to death except the people who are in charge. And that, that's the whole thing. This is one of the reasons why everything actually failed in the Soviet Union, why one of the greatest reasons for death in the Soviet Union and one of the great, greatest reasons for death in China, for that matter, was um, famine. Because people could not grow enough or grow their required amounts. Uh, they, the government would then kill or imprison the people that didn't make it. And then meanwhile, nobody is growing anything. And people would begin to starve. And not to mention, with socialism and communism, other things like meat and, and, uh, meat and produce and milk, dairy, these are not seen as the staples. Bread, water. Look at what's happening in Venezuela. People are starving. They don't have enough food. They don't have enough people to make food. That's why they had bread lines in Cuba. This wasn't a good thing. And the people who had to wait in the bread lines were starving. And see, the worst, the people in the bread lines couldn't take control of their own lives because the government took control of their own lives, could, took, care of, took control of their lives, and prevented them from doing anything to improve themselves or give themselves, make themselves something that they didn't depend on the government. We haven't even spoken about the gulags and the red terror under Stalin which we're going to get into a little bit later. Because we always seem to forget that famine is a huge thing, but there's also control of the population. Starvation is control of the population. You know what else controls the population? Taking away their arms, taking away their guns. All this he supports. Bernie said he is not a socialist, but a democratic socialist, whatever that means. Okay. Uh, but his ideas have never been challenged. He's never sat back and, I mean, this was a man who said we needed to nationalize everything at one point. He's, he always said that. We need to nationalize everything. But he's never been challenged at that. Now he's only, uh, he's now only watching, focusing on health care. But you'll remember what we talked about yesterday. What's the other religion? That's going to bring us under tyranny, bring us under a socialist tyranny. It's that thing he always touts, climate change. 
Climate change is going to happen whether or not we are a democracy, whether or not we're a capitalist society, or whether or not we're whether we're a socialist society. As a matter of fact, what's ironic is um, most of the socialist societies are creating a lot. China is creating a ton of pollution. So's Russia. So are some of the socialist countries in um, in Africa. So to sit back and and sit there and say that well we need to be uh, a democratic socialist, which is socialist. I don't know. You can't really have big government and a democracy. That just doesn't work. Um, doesn't mean that the world is suddenly going to get better. The socialist countries are not fixing anything. That's what's so ironic about this whole thing. Um, with his support of nationalized health, well, let's go back. Let's go back a little bit. He likes to point to Norway and he likes to point to uh, Sweden as examples of democratic socialism. Now, we've talked about this in previous episode, in previous podcasts, that socialism is actually not really a political uh, system. It's an economic system, an economic system that says huge uh, government. Well, here's the kicker with Sweden and Norway. They're actually not socialist countries. They're capitalist economic systems that have high nanny state features to them. Also, what he doesn't say in Norway, right now in this country, we pay about uh, between 25 and 30 percent income tax. Norway and Sweden pay between 60 and 65 percent income taxes. And they are actually suffering with that right now. They're having trouble meeting their numbers to, to meet their nanny state uh, policies. They're having problems. And that's why you see Norway and Sweden actually going to the right a little bit and pulling away from that. Not to mention, if you talk to a president, I, I may have said this, but if you talk to a, the president of Sweden, for example, he says, we're not socialist. We are a capitalist. We are a free market system. Norway is a free market system. They just charge enormously high taxes. This is what he's calling democratic socialism. These aren't socialist countries. But he's still pushing to nationalize health care, and he hails the Canadian system, uh, the Norwegian system, and the Swedish system when it comes to health care. Well, here's a dirty little secret. All three of those systems, Sweden, Canada, uh, Sweden, Canada, Norway, even the socialist countries, Cuba, China, Russia, which is still moderately, it's actually more of a dictatorship now, so is China, North Korea, they all ration their health care, which means you can't get you can't actually get seen. Most doctors in Canada will recommend getting private insurance or paying for their health care if one needs to see a doctor right away, since it's usually months before anyone is able to see a doctor. Uh, even for something as simple as a checkup or a tooth cleaning or anything like that, it can take months before you can see a doctor because the Canadian doctors do not wish to overwork because there's no point for them to overwork because they're not getting paid anymore than they, than they would if the, in a free market system. Doctors in our country who are what's known as concierge doctors, not like free clinics and places like that, but concierge doctors are doctors that will see patients privately. They get paid what they're worth. And so if you have cancer, 
you can pay for your cancer or you could use private insurance to have your cancer paid for, have your treatment paid for. Whereas if you go to a free clinic, well, you know, you're, you're up to, it's up to them when they're going to be able to see you or not. The other problem with nationalized health care is that the doctors become rare. And you're beginning to see this in the United States. Um, doctors, people do not want to spend 12 years in school and then an additional four years being a resident just to get told what they're going to get paid. And so you're seeing that doctors, people are not going into medicine to become full MD doctors. A lot of the free clinics, I work at a free clinic, a lot of free clinics have only a few doctors now. Most of them have uh, uh, have uh, nurse practitioners or physician assistants, which are not doctors. They go to a four-year, maybe six years. They get They get their licenses, and they're able to do just about everything while being watched by an MD. Uh, this is rationing healthcare, and healthcare quality is going straight down because of it. Uh, Stephen Crowder has, who is born in Canada, he's an American citizen, naturalized American citizen, born in Canada, actually has a great video on YouTube where he goes undercover and tries to get an appointment for a checkup in Canada. And caught on video, one of the gals actually says, you know, you'd be better off just going and finding a concierge doctor and paying him or getting some sort of private insurance because you're going to have nothing but problems trying to find a doctor or getting an appointment within three months. This is the problem with nationalization. Okay. And if you need any, I don't need to point to Russia to give an example of how bad nationalization is of anything. Look at the VA system. There were veterans that were dying because they couldn't see a doctor because the health care was so rationalized. People were dying. And the only way that this whole situation was fixed was when Donald Trump said, okay, you know what? Our vets deserve better. So our vets can go to a private doctor they will be approved by the United States government and the United States government will actually pay that doctor. See the problem? Here's, here's the dirty little secret. Government sucks at everything. They can't control anything. Regulations, which is moving closer to nationalizing whatever institution. An example would be, uh, would be the um, common core in the education system. It's crap. It's absolute crap. Have you ever seen com the common core uh, material for teaching kids how to uh, multiply? It's absolutely terrible. And these kids aren't, aren't learning anything. They make it complicated. They make it... Multiplying is easy. Division is easy. But they make it difficult because the government doesn't do anything right. And now can you imagine if the economy is controlled by the government... If business is controlled by the government, and it's not like we haven't done this before, uh, um, FDR did it back in the 40s or the 30s, late 30s, when he tried to implement his national, I guess his National Resource Amendment or NRA. And the NRA basically said, you follow the government's regulation and, the gov and we will put a sticker on your windows. It ended up being found as unconstitutional, thank God. 
And by the way, that's not social. That's close to socialism, but it's fascist. The government sits there and forces businesses to do what it wants or it doesn't get uh, government approval, which is absolute garbage. Um, what do you think is going to happen with the energy industry? You think that, you know, putting up a bunch of, uh, uh, putting up a bunch of windmills, how's that going to work? We can't use nuclear power. We can't use fossil fuel because the government says that's all bad. We can't use natural gas. We can't frack. So we're going to use wind and solar. How's that going to work? What's going to happen when you get home? It's not windy and it's sun's down. You lose your electricity. The reality is that's what that's what nationalizing institutions does. It's a terrible thing. It ap- never works. The radical Democrats let the cat out of the bag big in the last two weeks, and they did it twice over the last few weeks. I played this one clip from Adam Schiff before, but it is an amazing, an amazing uh, clip. And I can't believe it was brought up during the Donald Trump's impeachment. Let's listen to this one. The president's misconduct cannot be decided at the ballot box, for we cannot be assured that the vote will be fairly won. This was an amazing clip, and I can't believe he said this in such a large platform as Donald Trump's impeachment. Basically, this is not so subtle way of telling Trump voters they are not capable of voting correctly. This is a man who is so into his power, and it's not just a man, it's the left. And I'm not even talking about liberal Democrats. Liberal Democrats and the left are two totally different things. That you cannot trust, and these people believe this, we cannot trust you enough to let you vote Donald Trump out, to let you see what's going on and and uh, you make the decision. You are unable to make the decision. This is the left. This is what Bernie Sanders tells you when he says he wants to take away your insurance. This is what the government tells you when they say, well, we're going to teach common core or we're going to teach uh, values of gender and all that crap that they keep bringing up. The family is not capable. People are not capable of doing it. In other words, the candidate, he, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and the rest of the Democrats think should have been president, what didn't turn out to be president, and it's because you're an idiot. And so, in order to avoid you making the same mistake in 2020 which we're all going to make the same mistake in 2020 because one, these Democratic candidates are absolutely terrible and two, because Donald Trump has done a phenomenal job in the last three years. There's no reason to want to think that he shouldn't be president again. Uh, Schiff wasn't as overt as Hillary Clinton and her comment about the basket of deplorables, but the reality is that's what he thinks. That's what they all think. That's what Bernie Sanders thinks. Bernie Sanders is a mean old guff. He didn't care about you. He didn't care about me. He didn't care about anyone. He cares about him. So why? Why does the left expect to gain by taking away your rights, like speech, the right to vote, our uh, guns, and the general ability of the United States citizens to control their own destiny? Why do they want to take that stuff away? 
Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who is an idiot, accidentally gave us the true intentions of the left during an interview with Tanahisi Coates, who's another genius. I've read a couple of his books, and I put books in air quotes, and he is really dumb. Listen to what uh, listen to what Alexandra Ocasio Cortez had to say. If Jeff Bezos, he doesn't have to be Amazon. If Jeff Bezos yeah, wants right. to be a good person, he turn Amazon to a walker, worker cooperative. Right. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like, not what do I do with all of this money that right. I have created right. with this unjust system? Right. And if usually, if you're a billionaire, that means that you control a massive system. Mm. It means that you own oil supplies. Mm. It means that you control textiles. Mm. It means that you have a massive labor force under your control. And to be ethical, if you're a billionaire today, the thing that you need to do is give up control Mm. and power. So I don't want your money as much as we want your power. Mm. The people, not me, that's going to get cut and clipped. It's all going to get cut and clipped. It's all going to get cut and clipped. Um, but, uh, but seriously, if you... There it is. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. The whole thing is about power. It's about control. That should scare the crap out of anybody, including the left. But it doesn't scare the left. In fact, and you heard it, they cheer it. Jeff Bezos is not there to be a good guy. Jeff Bezos is there to make a profit. Jeff Bezos is there to make the best product he has. Jeff Bezos doesn't take his billions and billions of dollars and then sit on it in his bed. He reinvests and reinvests and reinvests to make a better product. He creates. But no, he should give up his power. Give it up to AOC. AOC's main platform is the climate crisis. And I said this earlier. I'm going to expand a little bit on this. The climate crisis is a justification for the implementation of tyranny. The contr- to take control. If the world blows up, wouldn't you want to save it? Right? Wouldn't you want to save it? Wouldn't you give up your freedom to save the world? The problem is most people don't believe in that the world is going to end in 10 years. I've been hearing this since the 70s. The world is probably not going to end in 10 years. Do, does that mean we don't have a climate crisis? Of course we do. Oh, no, no, no. Excuse me. Climate change. Do we have heating? Do we have... Of course we do. Uh, do I believe that a lot of it are created by man? Of course I do. What I don't believe is that the only way to survive. I believe human beings have two things they have to do. One, as the climate changes, man adapts. Okay, the waters rise in Florida, move inland. Move states. Man will adapt. That's the one thing, is that these people just assume that we're all going to sit there and drown. You know, the water's going to rise. And it's not going to rise in 10 years. It's going to take a while. That we're all not going to adapt to it. We're going to adapt if we have to adapt. And two, I mean, what is the actual cost of climate? We have to 
disavow our constitution, our rights, our economy for climate change? And the last I checked, the United States has dropped its emissions by 20 some odd, 25, 30%. Countries like China, India, the Northern African countries, the Soviet Union, they haven't dropped their emissions. So if China has tripled their emissions in the last 10 years, doesn't it go to say that actually communism, dictatorships, and socialism is the problem, not necessarily capitalism? That capitalism has fixed the problem by, in, by invention, by technology, developing technologies. We've actually fixed a lot of the problem. And yet the countries that invent nothing, that are tyrannical, that are already socialist, they can't fix it? Climate, the climate crisis has become the new religion. It really has. It's become like Islam. It has no, it has no tolerance for any disbelief. For example, if I sit there and say, no, I believe in climate change, I think the climate's constantly changing. I mean, we go through warm periods, hot periods. We go through that all the time. And I believe, man, I cannot believe that we have uh, hundreds of thousands of cars and believe that we're not actually causing some of this mess. I, I, do, I truly believe that. But that doesn't mean we end our freaking society, we end our rights, we end our constitution, we end our economy. When other countries aren't doing a darn thing. And by the way, again, I, I, I just think it's ironic that you think taking on an economy a socialist economy like the Soviet Union, like China, like Cuba, like North Korea, like all of these er areas where they have socialism already and they're producing more carbon, this is the solution. Get rid of capitalism, which is lowered carbon. The this is a religion for power and control. It's a religion that justifies the elimination of human rights. It's a religion that justifies eliminating manifest destiny, where one controls his own future. It's a religion that justifies the suppression of human drives, like hard work, competition, and the quest for reward, that has made the United States and Western civilization the greatest success in human history. We want to get rid of this. These people want to get rid of this. It's insane. And here's what's ironic. These people are calling for the rest of us to accept collectivism. The same collectivism that has led to the death, slavery, and tyranny. They keep accusing Trump of. So that our overlords can satisfy their individual desires, their individual need for power. Now, AOC, she's an idiot, and she's probably not even going to get reelected. But there's a very good chance she's going to end up being replacing Chuck Schumer in New York because she might be running against Chuck Schumer next year or in 2024 or 2022, whenever they run again. She's scary. It's the whole thing, the whole climate crisis thing, the whole socialist thing. It's a scam. I won't buy into it. And I hope to God 
you won't either. And whenever I sit back and I have debates, and I have debates with family, I have debates all the time. The good news is I debate really well and I don't get angry. And I've got a buddy who is, I got a, a, a couple of family members who are the same way. They're completely against me. They get kind of mad. They're Obama fans. They get really mad when, especially when I sit back and tell them, well, Obama has had his fair share of, uh, a fair share of um, scandals in his presidency. They get all mad about that. And then I start listing them off. They, they can't argue. They just get madder. I have a guy who's, I think, honestly, he is a liberal Democrat, which is the good kind of Democrat. And he understands some of this. And he'll argue. We'll, we'll sit there and have backs and forth, back and forths. So I will not accept that. When someone sits there and tells me, oh, yeah, I'm voting for Bernie, I'll say you're an idiot. And let's, uh, I, No, I won't say you're an idiot. I actually did release a podcast on how to debate. I will not say you're an idiot, but I'll say, why would you vote for Bernie? Why don't you convince me to vote for Bernie? And then I'll just sit back and say things. I mean, because Bernie, Bernie's crazy. And even though Bernie can win, will, can win, can win the nomination, he probably, he definitely will not win the presidency. I would love, I would love and hate for Bernie to win the nomination because I would love for him to win because Trump will kill him. Trump will absolutely kill him because Bernie Sanders comes off as a nut job. And he can't answer for any of his programs. And he can't answer for anything he said in the past. What I hate about Bernie, if Bernie wins, why I would hate Bernie winning is because we are one step closer to communism with a bunch of millennials and Gen Zs and whatever they're called. The youth coming out and for some reason, the youth love Bernie. On our next podcast, I don't know if I'm going to do it tomorrow or Wednesday because I, I really want to keep with the um, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday formats. What we're going to talk about is, should we be scared of Bernie and his philosophy? Is this something we should worry about? And listening to some of his fans, the Bernie bros, I think we should be scared. And I think we should talk about other things. We should talk about how this stuff has happened before. The Soviet Union, China, we've seen this garbage before. And it's, even though you can't sit back and history repeating itself is kind of a iffy term. I, I believe history does repeat itself, but you have to learn from history. I believe this is history repeating itself. And if we, United States falls into this trap, I hope to God I'm dead. And I will fight it till kingdom come. Okay, well, I did get through 31 minutes. Uh, let's finish this up. We're going to have another podcast on this. I find it very important. I'm going to recommend a ton of books in the next in the next um, podcast. I would recommend getting an audio book. One of them is going to be really long and really boring. You will fall asleep, but the other one is very good. You can follow me tw on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addicts, and YouTube. I have not actually written anything on uh, this 
subject, so you can go to www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. This is not going to have show notes in it. It'll have all the videos and all the good stuff, but most of it is going to be, uh, it's actually going to be a blog entry because I, I really enjoy this topic. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and uh, comment. I will answer the comments. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Thank you.